Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And um, a second verse that we're going to be reading today is in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Hannah. Let's give it up for my wonderful wife reading the scripture today. Morning, everybody. How we doing? Good? All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I wanted to do a quiet welcome for the, the newest member of the New City family who I saw a little bit earlier today, baby Jace, who's like three days old, but I don't see Kashima right now, but she was here earlier, but um, excited that uh, Mike and Kashima had the baby. And uh, if you guys want to find ways to serve them during this time, there's a meal train online. You can just sign up for a date and go bring them a meal and bless the family in, in that way. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to welcome Jace uh, to the world. Um, everybody say eat. Yes. Nom nom. That's, that's what we're talking about today. We're just starting out going for the nom noms, right? And um, so... Uh, I don't know about you guys, if you went to camp when you were growing up uh, as a kid. I went to church camp, and I realize that's not the coolest camp to go to. Um, uh, at least it wasn't band camp. Um, <laughs> no offense. No offense. Um, but there's all kinds of camps you go to, but for me, it was church camp, and I loved church camp. I loved it. I had friends there. I, I would be there for five days, and we would play ball. We'd play softball. We'd play basketball. I would sweat like crazy and get eaten up by ticks and mosquitoes. And, and we, that wasn't the good part. But um, yeah, in the South, we have bug zappers. Everyone had their trailer and their bug zapper. Anyways, um, and we had these we just had these awesome church services and times with God. And I remember the feeling getting in the bus and going back home. And it's kind of like this, this pit in your stomach and you don't want to go home. And you're all, I was already thinking about next year. You know what I mean? And so I would go home and I'm like, man, I can't wait till camp next year. So I would wait. I would literally wait 51 weeks out of the year, <laughs> every year for the next year when I would be at that camp. And, um, I don't know if you guys have had an experience like that, but the reason I bring it up is, uh, the reason I bring it up today is because I think sometimes we treat our relationship and our walk with God like that. You know, like we come here on Sundays and we have this gathering and it's like awesome. Like we get to sing these songs and we experience God's presence and we pray and people pray over us and we, we hear the word and, and we sense God's presence and we take, we take communion together. And then when we leave, there's kind of this subtle sense of, I'm not really going to experience God like that until next Sunday. You know what I mean? Um, I, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sometimes we have that. And, and I think we do the same thing. You know, we, we talk about God's mission a lot around here. Um, God's mission to, to bless all the world through his people. And God's mission to save and to rescue people from sin and to introduce them to his love and grace, just like he's changed our lives and, and to use us in, in that way. And, but sometimes we can relegate that or there's a tendency to think, well, how am I really going to do that um, uh, Monday through Saturday, like, I, uh, where's it going to fit in my schedule? 
you know, because I already have my planner and it's already full. You know, I have, I have to go to work. I have to work hard. I got to pay bills. I, gotta, I got chores to do at home. I got to keep my house in order. I got to cook dinner. Uh, if you have kids, we got kids. We got to take care of the kids. Um, where am I going to fit this missiony stuff? And we can tend to kind of see um, interacting with God and interacting with God's mission that he has for us, that he sent us on here. We can kind of relegate it to, to programs or events or the, the kind of churchy stuff or the, the, the mission-y stuff. Is, is that, anyone felt that before? But we have this verse here that Hannah read from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10.31 that says something to the contrary. It says that actually all of life can be worshipped and should be worshipped to God. It says it this way. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. So what is that left out of your life? (laughs) Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And the Colossians 3 verse. And whatever you do in word or in deed. So whatever you do with your words or with your actions, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That that it's not this uh, a program or event that God wants to train us for in the big picture. Life is the program, yeah. right? Real life is where God wants to meet you. Yeah. Not just on Sundays when we're here together. He wants to meet you here, but he wants to meet you the rest of your days too. Real life is where he has a mission for you. Not just in the things that, that get scheduled in, but in the everyday. That's where God wants to meet us. And so today, as we talk about that, we've been talking about these missional rhythms. We've been talking about um, the things that we're already doing every day and how, how if we do those with, with the gospel at, at the heart of it, it changes it. It changes it and turns it into being part of God's mission. And so today we're talking about eating. We're talking about nom-noms. Um, we're talking about lunch. Um, I'm not going to go that long. Um, and I'm actually super excited to talk about uh, food today because I tell people all the time fried chicken is like one of my love languages. You know, like if you really want to like show me that you care about me, um, give me fried chicken. Um, but the, the reason we're talking about eating is because it doesn't get more basic than that. Yeah. Right? You, hopefully you eat every day. Hopefully more than once. Right? Most of us do. It's healthy too. Right? Three times a day. And if God isn't meeting us there in something as basic as our everyday meals, then where are we meeting God? Yeah. Is it just in the special stuff? If, God, if our meals aren't part of God's mission, then where is God's mission? Right? Where are we going to see Him if He's not there? Is it just going to be in the devotion times we have in the morning? Right? What about the rest of the day? Is it just going to be when we meet with our GCM once a week or more than once a week? Is it just going to be when we come here on Sundays? No, we're go- if we don't begin to see God in our meals and connect with God in our meals, then we're going to miss out on all these awesome, like, built-in opportunities to worship God. Built-in opportunities to connect with God and to connect others with God through a meal. So whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. So how many know eating is about energy, right? Your bodies need energy. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not going to go over the, the, the food pyramid today. Like, I'm not going to like, uh, you know, bring the Holy Spirit conviction on like, you had too many bread servings, right? Uh, repent. Um, less dairy. No, but, so we all know that we have to eat for energy. Um, but what I want to talk about is how our meals are meant for worshiping God and connecting with God and how our meals can be part of God's mission in our everyday life. Is that all right? Yes. All right. Good. I got one that said it's all right, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> if we begin to see our, our meals as an opportunity to worship God, and as, if we begin to see our meals as part of the mission that God has us on, then we're actually going to be able to eat and drink for the glory of God. In a, way that, in a way that we worship Him and recognize His glory, in a way that through our meals we, we give other people a glimpse of what God is like. Does that make sense? So first, let's talk about uh, worship. Let's talk about what do meals and eating, what does that have to do with worship? Because that sounds a little funky. Um, from the beginning, if you look through, we call it the story of God around here, but if you look through the narrative of Scripture... Um, from the very beginning, you see that God intends meals to be about remembering Him and remembering about how good He is, how amazing, and how much He's provided for us. In Genesis 2, so that's basically the beginning, right? The first command that God gives humanity about food, He says... You may eat from, he put them in this garden, right? You may eat from any tree, any fruit that you find. Eat it, right? Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the day you eat of it, you'll surely die, right? But here from the beginning, can you imagine? He's put humans in the garden. He's provided all of their food, amazing food. And, and meals are meant to be this place where, wow, look at what God has given us. And remembering, like, God knows what's good and right and perfect. He even gave us directions and instructions on what to avoid, right? And when we eat, we can remember how amazing He is. If you guys ever thought about it, like, God, God um, did not create you just to have, like, a fuel tank that needs refilling. You know what I mean? Like, you don't pull up to a gas station and be like, hey, fill me up, buddy. Right? It's like a... Spigot right here. <laughs> Put some corn in there. And uh, I'm good for 24 hours, right? No, he created you to eat, to enjoy a meal with all five of your senses. Right? We, you see the food. You see the colors. You see the, the glistening bacon. Um, you, um, a good meal is a party in your mouth, right? It's just like the, the, the sirens are going off, right? This is awesome, right? God created, not only did he create you to have to depend on food, he created it to be enjoyable, right? And, and so I went, um, I'm from, I, you guys all know I'm from the South. I, uh, my brother lived in Memphis for a while. They have really good barbecue in Memphis. Anyone ever had that? Yeah, okay. Um, so he took me to this place called Fat Larry's, and this, th they had their trophies. All right, so the World Barbecue Championship is in Memphis every year, right? 
the world, right? Well, they had their trophies in the front of their restaurant, and there's the first place from one year, and then there's second place from a different year, and then they had a bunch of other ones, but those are the two I cared about, right? And we sit down, and we have this meal, and I get like, you know, one bite into this brisket or whatever I had, and I just go, mmm, you know, like made that audible like sound, and uh, I guess I did it too loud because like everyone in the restaurant stopped and looked at me. <laughs> Um, meals are meant to be enjoyed, right? When we enjoy a meal, and God created us for that. Also, meals remind us that we're dependent on God. Because we're dependent on something outside of us to come into our bodies and give us what we need to actually make it through the day. In the same way, spiritually, we're dependent on someone outside of us to come into our lives and our hearts and, and give us the grace and the forgiveness and the strength we need to make it through the day. Is that, is that tracking? Yeah. So in the beginning, God created meals for their enjoyment, for them to remember God, how good God is, how righteous and holy God is. But instead of remembering God, they ate to themselves. They ignored God. I mean, isn't it interesting that the, uh, that the original sin was with food? <laughs> it's, might be important. <laughs> All right, a little bit further in the story. There's Israel, the people of God, and they're in slavery in Egypt, and God delivers them out of Egypt and sets them free from slavery, makes them a new people, and he wants them to remember who he is and that he's their God and that he's set them free. And how does he tell them, command them to remember it? <clears throat> Not the tree in this, in this one. This was the Passover meal. He says, take, this, take the lamb and sacrifice it and take the unleavened bread and take the wine and do that because you're remembering that I brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery, and I'm your God and you're my people and I have a mission for you in this world. He called them to remember it through a meal. Fast forward, Jesus' first miracle we talked about last week, the water to wine. Where did he do that? At a wedding feast. And what did he do? He, he brought the better wine and made the party better. And then if you fast forward to Jesus' last meal, the last supper, the Lord's Supper, what did God give? What did Jesus give his people to remember his love? To remember his sacrifice? To remember that even though he was totally righteous, he gave himself for my sin and for your sin. How did he say remember it? The bread and wine. Lord's Supper, communion. If you look, if you fast forward to the point that we're not at yet, <laughs> if you look at Revelation at the end of the book, Revelation 19, do you know what the celebration is when the church comes together with Christ? The wedding supper of the Lamb. <laughs> Meals are about remembering how amazing God is. Meals are about from the beginning, God designed meals to remind us of how awesome He is and how we have needs and we are dependent and yet He is faithful to provide. And not only provide, but to give us something that's satisfying. If we're not eating as worship, we're missing out on 21 times a week to experience God. If we're not remembering every meal. So what if we did that? What if, what if we remembered God at every meal? It would look like in every meal, whether it's in your heart or out loud, remembering God when you eat and drink. 
You know, a lot of times we talk about blessing the meal. Um, we kind of act like we have to bless the food, like it's evil or something. <laughs> or we cast out the demons of this casserole. Um, I come against, you know, um, just kidding. Cancel the assignment of those beans. Um, that was not written down. That was not. But we don't, it's not as much that we need to bless the meal. It's that we need to thank God who has blessed us with the meal. That when you say, God, the, this bread right here, like the grains came from all over. I don't even know all the hills and the, and the um, plains that this grain came from. And yet it all came together. And someone like put, uh, made dough out of it. And, and, um, and then they let it rise. And then they baked it. And now it's amazing. And as I break this bread and as the crust just like crackles. Anyone salivating yet? <laughs> God, this is amazing. You made food and you made it good. And I remember you right now. If we do something like that, then every meal becomes an act of worship. Yeah. We're not just eating to eat. We're not just eating to get the calorie count. Right? We're not just eating because it's time to eat. But it's like, no, everything that we eat or drink can remind us of how good God is. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. At least for the bread, right? <laughs> When we remember God, if we remember God in every meal, food is actually better when you remember who gave it to you. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, Hannah and I were spending time in Little Italy, and we decided that we want dessert, and we ran into the Carbajals uh, while we were there. And, um, and we were kind of walking, and we were like, we want creme brulee, and thank God for technology. We just typed it in on Yelp. Who, you know, who has some good creme brulee in Little Italy, which is not, creme brulee is not Italian, I don't think, right? Um, anyway, so we lucked out. We go to this place. They have this lavender creme brulee. And uh, it's got that crust on the top. And you take out the spoon and you just kind of, right? <laughs> and you scoop it out. And it was so creamy and amazing. And uh, I'll just, yeah, leave the dessert right there. And, um, and it was just Here's the thing. If we don't thank God for the food that we eat, we're missing out on most of the enjoyment of it. If we don't realize how good are you, God, that you created something like this and for me to enjoy it. Is that making sense? All right, good. Let's move on. <laughs> so if we begin to experience God in our meals as we remember him when we eat and drink, then we can experience Him more than just on Sundays. But meals aren't just meant for worship. They're also part of God's mission. Well, where do we see that in Scripture? Jesus, if you look at Jesus' ministry, He does a lot of things, right? He teaches a lot. He does miracles. He heals people. Um, we read about all the amazing stuff. But I don't know, if, if you ever just really read through the Gospels, do you realize how much He eats with people? Like so much of the ministry and the stories we read about our Lord and Savior are over the dinner table. And he, he eats with all kinds of people. He eats with his disciples and they're discussing the parables he taught. He eats with the super religious, the Pharisees, when he gets invited to their house. He eats with the tax collectors like Zacchaeus who were totally hated by their people, who basically were... Basically traitors to their own people, um, uh, overcharging on taxes and keeping it for themselves. He eats with uh, the outcast of society, the people that other people thought, oh, they're not good enough to have dinner with us. And he had meals with them. And actually, Matthew eleven nineteen, I think we have it here. 
Jesus says this, the son of man, referring to himself, came eating and drinking. And they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Here's what I want you to see. The most righteous person who has ever lived was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard because of who he ate with. Because of how he extended his table to the outcast, to the sinners. He was a friend of sinners and a friend of tax collectors because he saw his meals as part of God's mission. Because why? Because it's this profound way to invite people into the kingdom of God. This is eating for the glory of God. This is what God's glory looks like. When I see that, I want us to ask as a church today, who are we inviting to the table? If Jesus, with his dinners and meals, was willing to be called a friend of sinners and tax collectors, who are we inviting to our table? Who are we sharing meals with, whether it's at school or work? Who are we, who are we sharing meals with in our home throughout the week? Who are we sharing meals with as our GCM when we have meal nights and do other things like that? You know, I confess, there's times at work where I haven't wanted to share my meal time. Um, it's like, oh, I'm working, you know, I'm around these people all day, I need 30 minutes to myself, I'll go find a bench outside and eat alone, right? <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm an introvert, but I don't know. Maybe some of y'all are guilty too. Um, no, but what would it look like to invite people into our, if we saw our, even our meals as part of God's mission? Not because we're just going to say Jesus every third word during that meal. Not because we're going to say, well, here's the four spiritual laws and let's eat the mashed potatoes, right? No, no but because we are living out our gospel identity and we have opportunity to share that. We have opportunity to invite people into this is what the family of God looks like when they eat together. This is what it means to serve one another when we eat together. Is that tracking? Y'all with me this morning? Did I lose you at creme brulee? We, are we back there with the crust? Meals are meant to be part of God's mission. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, example. A few years ago, um, I was part of a gospel community in uh, North Park. And we, uh, I lived at this apartment complex that was, the address was 4010, so we called it the 4010. And, um, and we, our group had kind of dwindled down in size. I think I mentioned this a little last week. We had four people in our group. Um, and we were, we just wanted to, we knew we wanted to bless the neighborhood and our, we wanted to focus on our apartment complex. We wanted to bless the people that live there. And as we were talking about, hey, what can we do? Well, it's like, let's do a meal. We got to eat dinner. They all got to eat dinner. Let's get to know each other over a meal. And uh, uh, Tyson was a total activator. And he's like, well, while we were, we were trying to have like a planning session, I'm like trying to plan. He's like, well, let's go invite them now. <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay, I guess we will. Right. So we went and knocked on every door. Uh, well, seven other doors. There was eight total. Seven other doors, and we invited everybody. And uh, to our barbecue, hey, we're just gonna we're gonna do a barbecue out here next week. Um, we'd love to meet you guys and get to know you. And um, just with that kind of simple intent, there wasn't any. There was not a big sign. 
There was not a huge sound system. We didn't have like entertainment. There were no tickets, right? It was just a meal. We just brought food and a, a grill. We set up a grill and just hung out together. And um, God started to do stuff through that. I remember the first one, I mentioned it last week, there was a teenage kid, he was 15, he had lived there his whole life, and he just said something that was so simple, but it, it meant a lot. He was like, man, this is really cool, like no one's ever done this. He lived there his whole life. <laughs> no one in this complex ever done anything like this, right? And, and we started connecting with other people. There was, um, there was a woman named Ashley, who some, who some of you know, who... Um, who showed up at that first one, and like one of the first questions she said was, are you guys Christians? <laughs> and we're like, well, it's out of the bag, right? Um, yes, but this is not a Christian barbecue. Like, this is not like, it's not like blessed sacramental food. Um, and uh, we started talking, and she was like, yeah, I was, um, it, well, not just in that moment, but it began to be a conversation. We did a few other barbecues, and, and she was saying, yeah, my, uh, she was a single mom. My ex-husband was Christian, but I'm a Buddhist, and I'm interested in God. And, and we started talking to her and sharing with her about the Bible, and um, eventually she came to faith in, in, our, in our living room and gave her life to Jesus, and we baptized her. And, and all that started because we knocked on her door and said, hey, we're going to do a barbecue right? And there was another, there was a single dad who lived upstairs, and, um, and he had an eight-year-old kid, and he just connected with us, and he started bringing friends to these barbecues we would do, and, and then he invited us to his home and cooked brunch for us, uh, for me and my roommates, and, um, and there was another single mom who lived upstairs who, who just, she was so affected just by just sharing a meal together. This is not anything crazy. Is that you guys realize that. It was not a big deal. It was just sharing a meal together. And, and I remember I came home a few times and I looked and my car was in the spot and it was wet. And I was like, what? what's going on? And it was also clean. And, um, and I, when I talked to her, she was like, oh yeah, I was just washing my car and you know, I got yours wet. So I just, you know, I just washed it. And she did that to my roommate too. The, <laughs> God can do awesome things through something as simple as just saying, let's have a meal together. And you can begin to see pictures of the kingdom of God, what God intended us to live like when we remember him through our meals. Does that make sense? All that happened because we began to see our meals, something every day as part of God's mission and as a way to bless others, as a way to live like the family of God and put that on display for other people to see. And when, when you begin to see that your meals are part of God's mission, it's less and less about where to fit God's mission into your schedule. It's less and less uh, about that and it's more and more beginning to connect the dots and, and whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You know, one of the most beautiful passages, one of my favorite is in uh, Acts chapter 2 on the day um, right after the, church, the Holy Spirit is poured out and uh, the church is born. And, and it gives this description of, of the church, what it looked like for the early church to live this out. And I, I won't read all five verses. I'm just going to read the last two, verse 46 and 47. that says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that picture because it shows us breaking bread together, eating with glad and sincere hearts because we're remembering how good God is. Remembering His grace for us. His, his sufficiency for us. And also sharing that with other people. And you know what? It's, it's not just that they had great meals and people got saved. No, but it's that they were living this out and people began to see glimpses of God's grace and God's goodness even in something as simple as a meal. And so I want to ask... I want to ask, what if, what if we really saw our meals as opportunities to worship and interact with God? I'm not saying we get all weird with the way we eat, <laughs> right? It's like, ding! All right, it's time for the first course. Um, no, but I am saying, what if you thought of meals as a worship service? <laughs> Right? What if every meal you remembered God in some way? Whether it was in your heart or whether it was out loud. And say, man, this is awesome. I'm so thankful for this. And the food wouldn't just be about the food anymore. It, eating wouldn't just be about eating, but it would all be about God and we would be seeing God in our everyday stuff that we're already doing. Have these built-in opportunities to re-experience God throughout the day. And what if we saw our meals as part of God's mission? What if, what if just one meal a week we spent inviting someone in? Right? Whether it's to your home. What if it's more than one meal a week? But whether it's your home or whether it's spending a meal with someone at work or inviting someone to your GCM and their meal night. What if you saw your lunch times and your dinner times as, as part of God's mission in your life? as an opportunity to be a blessing to the folks that you already know. How might, if we did that, if we were inviting people into the table, how might the table grow? How might more people experience um, this life, this grace, um, even through something as simple as sharing a meal together? That's the kind of life that God's invited us into. It's not this unreachable mission. I'm going to be a superstar mission. Hey, you may be, and God may be calling you to that, but he's also given you 21 opportunities this week to be on the mission of God. 21 plus. <laughs> or minus. Skip breakfast. Um, now, how many are willing to admit with me we don't always do that? <laughs> right? I don't. I'm not going to be up here and talk down to you and say that I do. I don't always uh, remember God and I'm not always um, uh, inviting with my table. There was a, uh, a TV show that I used to watch a long time ago called Friends. And uh, one of the characters was Joey. And there's a whole episode. Joey doesn't share food, all right? Like... That does not happen, right? Joey eats everything and he doesn't share food, right? And he's, he's dating this girl. He's beginning this relationship. And she reaches on a date. She reaches over to his plate and like grabs the fries and, you know, and he just like, ah, right? And it freaks out, right? Well, without going into the whole episode, that relationship ends, right? <laughs> he, he tries, he tries, he tries to order uh, uh, 
uh, for the table, right? So that they can share, but then she still eats off his plate. Okay, I said I wasn't going to do the whole story. Um, That relationship ends. Why? Because he wasn't willing to share his table. And sometimes I'm like that with my meals. Sometimes I'm just eating just to eat. I don't remember God and his goodness. I don't make that connection. And other times, I'm selfish with my table. I'll eat alone at work. Right? Or I'll resist inviting someone into my table. Sorry if I'm being too real. Right? But sometimes we're like that. Even though God has given us these opportunities, we don't always use them. And a lot of times we ignore them. A lot of times we do like our original parents and we ignore God and we eat to ourselves. Right? Instead of eating to remember Him. But Jesus gave us a reminder that we talked about earlier. A reminder of our intense need for Him. And it's a reminder that we practice every week here at this church. Because we know that for all the times we've fallen short and continue to fall short, whether it's in food or anything else, for every time that we've sinned, He gave His righteous life to pay the penalty for our sin. And He told us to remember it. You know, the Passover... In the Old Testament, there was a lamb, a sacrificed lamb. That was part of the meal. And unleavened bread. And then there was wine that you drank. And that was all part of the meal. But in the Lord's Supper, it's just bread and wine. Why? Because Jesus is the lamb who was sacrificed for you and for me. For every time we've fallen short. And, and when we come here and remember that today, we confess our great need for him. That just like if I go a few days without food, you are going to know about it, right? I need it. I can't live without it. From the time we're a baby until we die, we are going to continue to need food. And even more, even more than we need food, we need Jesus. And we need God's grace. And we need to be reminded of His love in our lives. And the more that we are, the more that we partake of that and remind ourselves of that, the more generous we are with everything. Including our meals. Amen? I want to pray and and let's, uh, let's conclude today. Father, I thank You so much for uh, this time together, as, as your church, Lord, this is your church, not ours. Um, you, are our, you are our Lord, you are our Savior, um, you are our God, and we worship you. And I thank you for these people that are gathered today. God, I pray that as we've talked about um, just something that's so everyday and simple and nonchalant as, as food. God, how how you have a purpose even for that. And I pray that even if it's simple, even if it's not this huge outward display, God, that that each one of us as we go out into this week, that we would make a practice of remembering you every time we eat or drink. And God, I pray that we would make a practice, whether it's in our gospel communities or in our families, uh, as so many part of this church already are, of inviting people in and sharing a meal together as a picture of your grace, of how you've served us and how you've met our need. And how a, a picture of how, how we're humble together before you, God. And yet you didn't just meet our need, you made it satisfying. You made it pleasurable. I thank you so much. 
God, I just pray for this church that, that we would begin to grow in these rhythms of, God, you are part of my every day. You're not just here on Sundays, and you're not just when we do mission stuff. You're part of our every day. And we're so thankful for that, God. Help us to see that as, as a lighter, uh, not a heavy burden, but a lighter yoke, God. And so I just pray for each one of us here as we respond. If there's someone here who has just been made aware of their sin and their need for you, God, I pray that they would find grace in you today. I pray that as we pray, as we take communion, as we worship you, that this would be a time of blessing and responding to your word. And God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us as we leave, that the real true response would be as we go out. <laughs> as we eat lunch or dinner, or as, we, as we invite people into meals in this week and the weeks to come. I just pray that you would bless this church and that you would bring this uh, rhythm, that you would bring the gospel into our hearts as we practice this day in and day out. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody.